Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Lessons from the Healing Field, an ongoing journey from head to heart with Dr. Howard E. Richmond. Hello, hello, and I am Deborah Louise Brown, and it is my pleasure to be co-hosting this show with my friend Howard Richmond, MD, and I would like to, um, first of all, say hello. Dr. H., are you there? Hi, Deborah. It's great to be here (laughs) once again with you today. Thank you for saying that. It's great to be it's great to be here to be here. I mean, that was kind of weird. What I used to say when people say to me, um, it's nice to see you, I usually say it's nice to be seen. <laughs> so yeah. that was a little takeoff and on that riff. It's nice, it's nice to be heard. That's exactly what I was thinking, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, let me read your short bio, because anyone that uh, does not know you yet, this will help frame... Um, why you are the person that we should be listening to about this wonderful stuff. And you know I believe that. So let me just start with transformational psychiatrist and author Howard E. Richmond, MD, is an inspirational teacher and coach who greets people on their life's journey and guides them to create the best life ever. His lessons about releasing judgments and hidden emotions introduce a new language that fuels and stimulates personal growth. The Healing Field, his first novel, is a riveting account of the healing breakthrough that saved his anorexic patient's life and transformed his own. And I have to say, you're transforming mine. Every time we do another episode, I have time to reflect. I have time to feel, gosh, am I growing? I think I am. And, uh, and then I have my moments of backsliding. And you might want to hear about that, too. If you're inclined, I will tell you. Of course. <laughs> and I knew you would. Well, it's it's kind of um, related to the last episode we did. We were talking about uh, self-care. We were talking about love and forgiveness. We we landed on anger for quite a while. We talked about uh, the different traps, you know, about anger. And I told you that I'm a diplomat and that I felt like how I handle anger, you know, it comes from that space. And we talked about the trap that can be. And I was totally listening. I mean, I was totally absorbing Truly. And then somebody, mm-hmm. and I'm going to say it the way I'm going to say it, made me mad yesterday. Now, I don't mm-hmm. know if you would say, no, she didn't make you mad. You made you mad. I don't know. I'll let you say that. But <laughs> I was livid. I mean, in a flying rage of anger. I mean, could not believe how pissed off, excuse my French, I was all day long after she made me mad. And uh. I reflect. I reflected on that, and I thought, wow, this feels like the battlefield to me that you and I have talked about so many times. And I felt I have no healthy way to dissipate this anger. I don't even know if dissipate is the right word. So I'm thinking, my gosh, you know, you and I have talked so much about this. We just talked about it two days prior, and here I am. And then, to make matters worse, I had to get on the phone with her briefly. And I mm. had no way around it. And so she can tell by my tone 
that something is amiss. And she knew that she had made me mad, by the way. It wasn't like a surprise. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I, she said, are you upset? She said, how, how are you? Are you upset? And I said, no. Mm. And so she, she waited a beat, and she said, are you, sh- are you upset? And I said, nope. I mean, literally, mm. nope. And then we went on to talk about whatever. And even with yours and my great conversation and great reflection and all that good stuff that we go through, ringing in my ears, I still couldn't go somewhere probably much more self, self-carry. <laughs> so, I mean, all manner of self-criticism and annoyance at myself was then rising up. So I had judgment on top of all of that, and I'm thinking, this is just crazy. You know, when do I get to be a ninja at this stuff? That's what I want to know. Well, gosh, this <laughs> so there. This is great. This is great, Deb. And, and when I say that, I, I'm not referring to how it made you feel because that's always yucky. So, what's great in my mind is that this is very synchronistic. So, shortly after our last uh, podcast. Uh, on anger and forgiveness and self-awareness and uh, expressing the anger in a healthy way, your inner critic or your inner judge expected you to be fluent in this language, to be a black belt, and everything that fell short of that wasn't good enough. Okay, So one part of the lesson is that you um, had awareness while you were in your reaction that you wanted to take it higher. So so let's give you credit. Let's give you credit. Yes, I'm nodding my head because I know it's a bit challenging sometimes for you to give yourself a pat on the back. So let's give yourself credit for having the awareness in real time that you wanted to respond in a different way and at the same time, you weren't prepared to execute that or to put it together in the most fluent way. And that would be uh, called human. Oh. So when we, when we start out with awareness, 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 and then we start to practice, 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 it's okay. Not by, your, by the standards of your inner critic or your judge. Your judge, no, it's programmed to say not good enough, not good enough. And our challenge and invitation is to not give the judge and the critic so much power so that we can start to tune out of what the judge says, and then to tune in to our wise inner being that has patience and compassion and will remind us that it's a learning curve and the good part is that you had the awareness. Deb, this is so common. This is how we learn. We have the awareness. It catches us by surprise. Now, if you had been ready for her call before she triggered something in you that had that reaction, before she made you angry and you reacted in that way, and we had a coaching session and we said, okay, when she or somebody else da 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 and triggers uh, uh, an angry reaction, here's step one, two, and three, and maybe that would have been fresh enough. And, again, it's practice, practice, practice. It's allowing ourselves to have a reaction. It's working on losing the judgment. 
and then um, putting on um, putting on our our, our martial arts uh, uniform, so to speak, our mindset of okay, how could I have a, how could I have done it different? So maybe now is a good opportunity to say, okay, what would you have liked to have said or done different that you didn't do? Oh, um, you know what? That's a very good question. The reason I'm hesitating is because I am not fluent in this, <laughs> and I don't, I don't have a ready answer, which I, as you know very well, I don't like it when I don't have a ready answer. So let me reflect a little okay, bit. Okay, so that's okay. Uh, <laughs> so, so, yeah, I, I will, I will, I will help you and guide you along the way to the to the degree that you want slash need it. So that's my role here. So let me start first then to give you a time to not feel pressured. So you may have wanted to acknowledge the truth of your reaction. So when she asked you, are you upset, perhaps um, with uh, non-pressured time and in this coaching mini coaching session here, you might have uh, wanted to say after you had shifted your strong adrenaline pumping reaction to say something like, thank you for asking. As a matter of fact, I did feel, or I do feel, if it's still present, I did or I do feel upset at what you said. This was my reaction and these are my thoughts associated with it. So that way you're describing to her in in a way that's more about your experience and less about what she did, though she's the trigger stimulus. So perhaps, and I'll put that question out to you, maybe you would have liked to have heard you say in a, um, as calm as reasonable, uh, that yes, I, I I, I did feel or I do feel upset, and here's why. Maybe, maybe not. You tell me. I, I, can't, I cannot even imagine myself um, yesterday. I cannot imagine that happening. Um, okay, so let's, let's say it's 24 hours later and it's today. Mm-hmm. Now can you imagine it today? Yes. Today I can. Okay, good. Okay. Because I, because so, I actually, yeah, I, I just want to say real quick, I, I actually said to my husband, I, I cannot believe I actually said these words, and I said, that's it, I will never forgive her. And then I realized that I, <laughs> that is really not my nature. It's not my nature. And by the time I got up today, I, I don't even remember what it was, totally. I mean, I can if I think about it. So uh, my point, I, I guess my point is, I let this, and you just used the word adrenaline a minute ago, and that's exactly what it was, and it was like this pumping of white hot um, feeling completely um, unappreciated, you know, I mean, I could just make a list as long as my arm, and I don't think it had anything to do with her. It has everything to do with my self-worth about certain things. That's that's a probably more than you wanted to hear, but that's probably what it was. And I absolutely not more than I wanted to hear. You're you're right. You're right in the target, and you're getting closer and closer to the bullseye. So so yeah. See see how what what a difference a day makes. Yes. Now 
Now, now, look. Give, give, you you are hard on yourself, and you're not going to disagree with me on that. Correct. Right. Okay. Yes, that's right. So let let's introduce the con- concept of being soft on yourself instead of hard on yourself. So let's be a little softer on yourself, and 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 acknowledge that 24 hours later you're in a different state of mind. Um, you have the awareness that's um, more full uh, than you had the capacity yesterday when you were in reaction mode. You see that uh, what came out of your mouth to 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 your husband was uh, something that surprised you. And then 24 hours later, you're realizing that uh, she triggered something that was deeply embedded, that that was emotionally charged, that came from another time and space. That's a lot of useful information. And one more thing. It was 24 hours, Deb. It wasn't 24 years, 24 months, 24 weeks, 24 days. It was 24 hours. And as you practice this, it'll become 24 minutes and then 24 seconds. And then sometimes we get to see it before it happens, and then we can shift it right away as it's happening. That's that's what happens when we practice this. Well, I think I really appreciate just the languaging of how to say, you know, thank you for asking. You know, if somebody asks me if I'm upset, because that's not the first time that's happened to me in my lifetime by any stretch. Right. Um, you know, thank you for asking. As a matter of fact, I could, I mean, I can hear myself now saying, thank you for asking. Yes, as a matter of fact, what you said was not my favorite. That's my way of saying you pissed me off. <laughs> That was not my favorite thing that you said. Or what you said <laughs> triggered something in me that it brought up, uh, and maybe this is appropriate, maybe not. I, I felt devalued or I didn't feel appreciated. And I know that this is something that uh, I've been working on or dealing with. Sometimes it's oh. appropriate to say it depends on the relationship. Sometimes we choose not to say that. And again, give yourself some slack. This is a day later, so that's okay. It's not a year or a decade or a lifetime. Wow. I am writing down that little mini script there because not that I expect it to happen again like tomorrow because I don't, but (laughs) that is just so helpful. (laughs) Yeah. Just to kind of put it in context a little bit. I'll tell you what it feels like. It feels like I've put it into a container, and I know that I can, like I know where it's sitting on the shelf, and I can kind yeah. of reach for it quickly if I need it because it'll be marked, you know, with a nice little label on it uh, for me. And it's, you know, it's not for anybody else. It's just so I know where it is. How's that? Well, l- let me challenge you to take it even one step further. Let's say you were anticipating someone, quote unquote, making you angry tomorrow. Let's say you were anticipating that. Wouldn't that be helpful? Because that way you could already. Um, um, release a certain amount of the emotional tension because it's anticipated, so it wouldn't be the surprise shock value. That's what happened yesterday. You didn't anticipate it, so your reaction took over. On the other hand, if we're 
prepared for. Now we look at it as an opportunity. And so now you're practicing. You don't have to put it in a shelf or a cupboard uh, because it's not as useful as if we have it on our tool belt in case it happens tomorrow because we never know. We usually know that these are patterns when we look in the past that have occurred, that do occur. We just don't know when it will and who is going to trigger us. And usually we just don't even look at it because we don't want it to happen. And that way we're not prepared. Right. Well, I want to say how cool this is because at the front of all of the episodes, you know, when I do the write-up that I put up on, on the show, page. I tell people, and I think I I read it as well, that you are a transformational psychiatrist with a message for consciously seeking people who want to shift energy draining reactions to realign body, mind, and spirit. Now, that energy draining reaction that I had all day long yesterday, I mean, it took me all, I actually had a pain in my throat that kind of landed around my carotid artery. And yeah. that was energy draining, you know, and I was not in alignment with, you know, the, the beautiful spirit that I usually have. <laughs> my mind was befuddled all day, you know, and I was like totally yeah. just out of my, out of my self, you know, out of, out of whack. Right. So, right. so here's what's interesting. I can hear what you say. I can speak back what you teach, but I'm still not fluent past that. So that's why this is so good to keep this this conversation and the practicing that you're talking about in that toolbox or toolkit rather or tool belt even. <laughs> I have to get it even closer to my body. Sounds like a really really good idea because you know, this is not uh this is not second nature. I mean, this is no, it's not and it's me. not for most people. And, and let me let me be just a little picky uh, because you had a couple of yeses. Yes, I hear what you're saying, what you're saying, and yes, I see that it's useful. Then you put a butt in, but I'm still not uh, fluent. So oh. let's take the butt out. Can I do that again? Let's take the butt out. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a pattern. It's a pattern interrupt. It takes a while before we're fully on board with it. So, and I'm not. I'm still not fluent because when the butt is there, it limits it to what comes before the butt and after the butt, and it's a closed system. We take the butt out, and so what comes before it is yes. Yes, I heard what you said. Yes, it's useful. And I'm still not fluent. And now we can add a couple of more ands. And I recognize that my critic can be really harsh and hard on me and expect me to get it right away. And I'm learning that it takes time and I'm losing my judgment. How about that? Wow. There's so much self um, that's the self awareness, but also the gift of uh, almost like breathing into that. You know, it's like, oh, wow. Yes. You know? The, the pain in my throat would not be there if I could actually, you know, when I, I just changed it. Woo! When. Right. <laughs> not if. Right. When. <laughs> when I um, am more fluent. More as, more as I'm practicing as. this. Yeah, as. Yeah, yeah. And so right now is the as. 
so so you see right now as you're practicing it your body starts to expand it it shifts from that contracted uh, angry uh frustrated um mode and then there's the release of that judgment there's the release of that emotional tension you're moving through your reaction and you're going towards ease and this is all wonderful and this is the work and yesterday you felt yucky and you were pissed off and fortunately it was temporary and each time you do this use this there's less intensity less frequency and less duration of that unwanted energy draining reaction wow cool i yeah. just thought of something else that is kind of in the same realm, I think, and that is dealing with other people and having a moment to take a breath when, for example, the other day my husband did not stop at the bank like he was going to. I started to say should have or was supposed, supposed to. to. But yeah. I ch- yeah, I changed it. So he didn't stop yeah. at the bank. Now, one of my reactions to that, because I really needed for him to have done that, was to say, you should have stopped at the bank. Well, I my brain went, uh, you know, tilt, ding, bing, 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 don't do that. And then I went, yeah. uh, you could have stopped at the bank, and then I realized yeah. that was still loaded for him, right? That would have still been loaded. <laughs> so I, yeah. I knew neither one of those were going to get us very far as a couple. Yeah. So I said, yeah. instead, do you want me to get a deposit slip ready? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, cause yeah. Cause I didn't, and the un, unwritten part was, you're going back out. <laughs> Well, and look how fast you metabolized your initial thought reaction of should, which you recognize is judgment and blame, and then the replacing of could, a little bit tricky because it can still imply you, you failed. So, yeah, you could have gone if you had remembered, and since you didn't, would you like me to get the deposit slip ready? Uh, but you know what? There was no, this is really great, though. There was no judgment. There was no accusation. There was no hassle. Yeah. It was awesome. And, and it's and, like, oh, my God. Right. Right, because right. if you had slipped into that uh, reflexive mode that was probably very familiar in your past, then that's a point where it can cause more tension, argument, fight, energy drains, and blah, 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 and it didn't happen. So I'm high-fiving you right now. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. I'll tell you. That's... um. Yeah, so that one makes me feel good. Same, you know, same 24-hour period of time, you know. So Yeah. Um yeah, so I will I will take a high five and um now let me ask you a question. Does mm-hmm. any of this ever happen to you? Oh, sure. Sure. Sure, sure, good. sure. Good. These things happen too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll slip sometimes. Uh, I'll, you know, I get the advantage of practicing this every day in in my career and my profession, and so I have the advantage that I have been practicing practicing this longer than most people I know. Now, it doesn't mean that I'm infallible, and and that's not the goal here, because you know there's a trap to um, perfection, and so that's not what this is about. It's about practicing it. 
So I get to practice it. And when I get emotionally charged because I felt or I felt somebody wrong to me, then it gives me the opportunity to do exactly what I'm sharing with you and others to walk through my emotional reaction. I say to people, you're entitled to your reaction. Just don't get stuck in it. And so when we walk through our reaction, we can then start to uh, release or reduce the judgment we have, start to go inward, do an emotional inventory like you were doing. So it wasn't just anger that you felt. There was some hurt there. There was feelings of uh, being devalued or felt you felt worth less. And so that's very informative, and that's part of our healing journey to do this, to do exactly what we're talking about and doing together. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you did that, and I'm just amazed at the storyline of Lori's experience. Um, When I think about what I just shared with you, and then I overlay what was in the healing field, the the story about your patient Lori, I think, my goodness. First of all, I think Lori is a heroine. I I refer to her as the heroine of of your book, and I think she's a yep. ninja, too. I think she's a ninja. I think she is a warrior. Uh, I mean, what a, what, a, what a wonderful human being she is. And um, for anybody that doesn't know, the book that I'm referring to is The Healing Field, and I'll read the subtitle, which is A Young Psychiatrist Battle with His Anorexic Patient, Her Hunger Strike Against God, and Their Journey Through the Dark Night of the Soul. And it is such a beautifully written story. And I always like to mention that she asked you to write the book, that you would never write a book about your patient just out of the <laughs> just because you thought it would be a good idea, right? So why don't you speak to that for a moment? Exactly. No, I had no notion of, of writing a book about a, a patient being a psychiatrist. Uh, the doctor-patient relationship and confidentiality is sacred to the work. It was only when she had a remarkable turnaround in her recovery, in her healing journey, she literally confronted me and said, you have to write about this. You have to write about the miracles because it can help someone else. And I listened. And um, I wrote this book, and I'm glad that you like it and and you love it, and other people are giving um, similar feedback. I'm I'm delighted. Absolutely. And I think just as we always do, I think this is a good time for you to uh, read something in the book because, um, you know, this this particular episode we're doing is it's always going to be about self-care, but it's also about anger and the rules. And I, I think I could talk about what rules might have been operating for me, but we'll we'll stick with Lori's rules for the moment, but we, we may wrap back around in what I was thinking about that too. But why don't you read um, on one page, uh, page 190, um, set the context for us and read the part that we talked about before we got on the air, and then we'll talk about what, what was going on. Okay, so this is a passage 
in the book. In the book, my character's name is Henry Kaplan. I didn't use my real name, Howard Richmond. And my patient, uh, her name in the book is Lori. And here is a, a scene where I am handing her a prescription, not for medication, but rather for um, affirmations for her specifically because she was raised in such in such a um, emotionally repressed environment where there was rules, rules, and rules that you had to obey, and there were certain emotions that were prohibited. And this was part of the underpinnings of her developing an eating disorder, developing anorexia, and having really severe and rigid rules about when she could eat, how long she could eat, and how much she could eat, and she was literally starving herself to death. So my character is Henry, and I hand her this prescription, and I'll start reading. Henry watched, hopefully, as Lori read to herself slowly, mentally fingering the letters on the prescription as if they were Braille. Number one, all your feelings are important. Number two, there is no bad or wrong emotion. Number three, you can have anger and not ask for, for any forgiveness. Number four, there is no unsafe feeling. Number five, there is no unsafe food. Number six, all your food is guilt-free and shame-free. So I handed her that prescription. She looked at it dumbfounded because she had never heard anything like this before. And I'll continue reading. Lori shuffled her feet. But I'm not supposed to have feelings, especially bad ones, she thought to herself. She couldn't even imagine what a good feeling was. People talked about being happy, but she wasn't sure what that really meant. She remembered laughing at Dr. H now and then with his ridiculous grape-tossing show, but she couldn't imagine what she'd been thinking to act so inappropriately. And anyway, it was better not to risk letting feelings, any feelings, get in the way of behaving properly. She knew the risk. Yesterday I was angry, she thought, and winced as she recalled her verbal attack on Dr. H. It felt awful, and it was bad, very bad. She looked at the words on the paper again. How could anger be important? She held her knees close to her chest, in front of her heart, puzzled by the threatening prospect of redemption. I, I, I don't understand, she said, Turning, turning her head towards Dr. H's feet as tears began to well up again. What don't you understand, Lori? Henry reached down and touched her forehead, per perhaps to signal her to look up so that her world didn't have to seem so low. H how can I have anger and not ask for forgiveness, she asked, elevating her eyes. Her body was numb. All her life, she had been trained to be meek, nice, polite, submissive, and conflict avoidant. <laughs> I'm, I'm, 
I know this is an appropriate place for me to actually almost laugh, but I'm thinking, well, did you write that about me? Well, that's the thing. It's so <laughs> relational. It's very relational to many. I mean, I'm like, Deborah looked at him and said, dude, I really feel like crap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. my God. Isn't that, I mean, it is funny. It's it's actually funny if if you if you want it to be funny. And I guess for me, you know, um, humor is certainly a healing thing. And I know that that's part of what saved Lori's life is um, the fact that you could bring humor to her in a way that she did not think was possible. And when she laughed at you with the grape tossing, which people will just have to read the book because I'm not going to have you read that part. Um, they'll just have to yeah. read it because it's a great scene in the cafeteria. And it is so smart of Dr. H to have done that, to break that, um, you know, to break that, uh, you know, that pattern interrupt that she needed. So it was great. Um, okay. So yeah, you wrote this about me. Thank you. I don't remember that. Have you? That's amazing. Um, well, you, you, you see there, there, there's, there's room for humor, uh, and humor with empathy is gold. So, so we can empathize, and you certainly can empathize with Lori because you see a relevance, a link, a relationship to some of the the traits and the characteristics and the environment that you grew up in, and and that had influence on shaping you. So, so, so the laughter is is like, <laughs> yeah, that could be me there. And 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 it's with the empathy, knowing that um, that can be very very painful, very very painful. And the good news is, when we start to do this work, become more aware, become more awake, become more conscious, uh, then we get through the pain each time quicker and quicker, with less and less pain and more and more empowerment. Absolutely. Let me um, let me read a little bit from from where we were kind of. Um, um, you finished at one point. And let me just pick up a little bit. It's, it says, Lori, you don't have to ask for forgiveness. You don't have to beat yourself up with anger, guilt, and shame. She stared blankly at him as if he were from outer space. You don't have to ask for forgiveness. He repeated again, you don't have to ask for forgiveness. He loosened his tie and unbuttoned his collar. Lori, you can actually experience emotions without conditions. Emotions without conditions? What planet does he come from? How does that work? Emotions always had conditions and consequences in Lori's solar system. How can he teach such rubbish? He's not making any sense. And then she goes on at one point to say that there are so many rules to be obeyed, especially around food, and that if she did not obey them, there would be hell to pay. Now, how in the world did you get her past that because I understand the rules too so the and way I, I another look at question, it is well, I, I, I just yeah. wanted to add, I, I wanted to ask, actually add a little bit more to it and that is are, are the rules is it possible that the rules are not even our own rules that they're maybe our parents rules and I don't mean things that they said to us but things that we think they wanted us to think were the rules I think that's oh, what absolutely, my, absolutely. my system is that, you know, I think. Yeah. If if we ask the question, who is the rule maker, mm-hmm. it's such a rich question because when we start to observe 
and and we observe in a clear, quiet way, we see that the the rules were there even before we came out of the womb. Wow. Right? So, so sorry for the pun. We need some womb to grow. <laughs> really? <laughs> sorry. I couldn't help myself. Couldn't so, help so you no, no. So, so yeah. There's all these rules that we can be uh, exposed to, and that influence us tremendously at a young age, and then they become imprinted in and in our in our consciousness. And un, un, until we start to say, well, wait a minute, whose rules are these? And 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 are they healthy? Are they helpful? Then we're going to start to be on the path of of transformation and. And evolution. So, so how, how did how did I I get her there. past that? Well, right. here's my attention to words. It wasn't that I got her past that. It's I got her through that again and again and again and again and again. To however many times it takes. So, so we don't. Um, I like to say you don't get over something. You don't because getting over it implies that um, it might be stuck under some rug or, or to go around it. When we get through it again and again, then we can get through it with more grace and ease. So, for example, when you had your reaction uh, yesterday and somebody said something uh, to you and 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 you felt this surge of of anger so uh, a, a day later you can see it in a different light in in the prism you can see that there was a host of other emotions underneath the anger that were operating that had its precedences in another time zone same with lori same with Lori, and same with all of us. When we're triggered and our reaction may be disproportional to the stimulus or we feel that inner tension uh, that's, that's greater than we think it, quote, should be, unquote, uh, that's all, always a clue that there's something left behind that's unhealed that we need our, to focus our attention on to, to work through again and again, uh, again and again, and the more we do it, then we'll get to that place of grace and ease, and we let go of the inner critic's judgment that we should be there sooner than we are. <laughs> uh, so now my question is, is this part of the baggage that people talk about, that we carry around extra baggage? You know, we've talked about before, you know, sometimes I'd like to think I would just be carrying a a carry-on piece, and it's it's turning out to be one of the big Pullman, you know, Samsonite hardback, you know, big guys that you can pack an entire closet in. And I'm thinking now that maybe that baggage is weighted down by somebody else's rules and somebody else's stuff. Uh, yeah. Yes. Um, yes, in part. Someone else's rules, and now our relationship with those rules, and now it's the opportunity to what we can do different. So, so that's the key here. And, you know, one of my many favorite sayings is that we all have baggage. The problem is most people don't go to baggage claim. Now, 
we're going to baggage claim now, and we're seeing that, yeah, we can have some stuff that's left over. We all can have stuff that's less left over from the past. It's when we start to have this awareness and we start to get the tools of what to do with it, how, how we can unload that excessive baggage and keep unloading it till eventually uh, we just have carry-on. That, that's the key. And that's very possible, and uh, it's it's part of what I'm so passionate about with this work. So I have a kind of a flippant question, forgive me in advance, but can't we just leave the bags at baggage claim and, like, just start over, or are we going to pay for that? <laughs> I'm, I'm laughing because, um, well, see, a lot of people – and and sometimes huh? I joke and uh, sometimes I joke and I'll and I'll pick on men and I and and I and it's it's not gender specific uh, yet sometimes I'll 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 joke and I say and 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 so so men will say oh no 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 that's not my baggage that's somebody else's so so we can uh, we could say that it's some somebody else's baggage and and people don't go to baggage claim because because of baggage shame because mm. if we actually go to baggage claim and people are seeing us with our baggage we can feel very shameful so that stops a lot of people from doing this work from even recognizing that we have uh, a responsibility uh, a part in this so it's 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 a good flippant question <laughs> So what you just answered opens another page, which we have talked about, and that is going back to that inner critic in residence right there looking at you saying, oh, I don't want people to see my baggage, so I'm just going to leave it at baggage claim. I'm not even going to go get it. So yeah. really starting inside with that inner critic. Now, I don't know where you like for people to start, but it sounds like maybe a really good place is to get that inner critic um, brought down a notch so they're not in charge all the time. Oh, absolutely. One is recognition of the inner critic and the judge. Secondly is to start to develop a relationship with the inner critic or judge that's way different than the typical uh, relationship. One is we don't recognize we have it. Two, we can recognize that we have an inner critic or judge, and then we hate that part of ourself. That doesn't help. When we start to understand, oh, okay, yeah, 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 I'm not surprised. I, I figured that's that's how you were programmed to react. Okay, when we have that kind of relationship, uh, instead of negative, it starts to become neutral and it can even swing neutral to positive, then we're shifting things around and getting to know that member of the committee that I talk about, the committee of three, one of the members is, is our inner critic or our inner judge. When we start to have the awareness, when we start to lose our judgment about the critic, now we are on the path of transformation. Wow. Wow. Well, let's go back to the rules just for a moment. And I want to tell you that uh, in my rule book, ex 
exposing myself the way I did earlier, you know, talking all this, you know, about being that angry and, you know, feeling that, you know, rage inside and pain in my neck and all that stuff. Telling you, I mean, I realize whoever's listening to this podcast is also hearing it, but I'm speaking just about you right now. I do feel exposed to have said that I was able to be that angry at someone. And it makes me feel like mm-hmm. I'm not strong. I'm not in control. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. And I can make a list about a mile long. Because that's out of my, my, my rules say this is not a thing that, you know, you don't let people know you're angry. Right? So this is all connect, it's all yeah. connected, isn't it? <laughs> so so yeah, my, inner yes. critic is, my inner critic is just having a field day right now. It's like, holy crap, stop. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And when you start to have that critic put in a soundproof booth, and then the criticisms are, are muzzled and muffled, now we have a little bit of silence, and now we can say, okay, let's validate where it comes from and then release the tyranny that it brings. So the teaching, a common teaching is that if you expose yourself, if you uh, are vulnerable, that equals weakness. And I'm here to say that in the kind of work that we're talking about, this is therapeutic gold, to be able to be vulnerable and safe. Safe meaning that um, it's in a, with me, you feel very non-judged and you feel the compassion. And so this is a safe place in a safe way. When we show up vulnerable like this, this is where the miracles happen. This is where the transformation happens because it's 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 risking um what we fear that's judgment and feeling shame, our own judgment and the perception that other people have judgment. It's really our own you know, it's really our own. We project it onto other people. So it's taking the risk of that judgment and shame in order to reduce and release the judgment, reduce and release the shame. And guess what we have? We have empowerment. We're on the precipice of transformation because now your world isn't so limited with with, with the rules uh, that that you grew up with because now you have an opportunity to look at it with with clearer and clearer eyes in, in that prism which lets in a lot more light than has ever been shown on 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 these rules before. Does that and make sense? It does. And another word that I would like to put on the list is joy. You know mm. empowerment. Mm transformation and and another whole raft of uh, a whole long laundry list of other things but joy because i am a very joyful person i've had terrible things happen to me in my lifetime and i am still a joyful person and i intend to always mm-hmm. be so when something mm-hmm. causes me to step out of that for a while that's when my inner critic goes what's wrong with you i thought you were a joyful person you're a liar blah 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 so Mm -hmm. yeah see what happens i mean i I can just keep going back to that just not that i'm going to dwell on it for the rest of time but it's fresh 
<laughs> and it is what we're talking about right now. Well, yes, and 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 your wise inner being, as we speak, your wise inner being is showing up to meet and greet your inner critic with an update. Update. This is there is strength in vulnerability and consciousness. There's empowerment and there's joy. Now, when you say that soft and yet loud and clear, it, it, it tends to shrink the inner critic because the inner critic does not have wisdom. It just has a reflexive reaction from the past. I will say this. 46 minutes into this broadcast, you said something that will change my life. And... I'm sure you could say it again. I will not be able to repeat it back. I'll have to listen. But it started with the wise inner being meets, did you say the inner critic with an update? Yeah, meets and, meets and, greets, meets and greets your inner critic with, with a new declaration, with an update, with an update. So this is, this is a new voice within you that's emerging that's saying, whoa, 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 Because, again, the inner critic does not have wisdom. It has repetition. It has reflexive reaction. It has conditioning. It has all of those things. It has thoughts. It has beliefs. It has judgment. It has story. And it doesn't have wisdom nor truth. It seduces us into believing that it's true based on our reaction. When we step out of our reaction, then we meet and greet. The wise inner being meets and greets the inner critic with an update. And that is when we're vulnerable like this with consciousness and compassion, it leads to empowerment and a beautiful word you used, joy more joy and that's the juice that that that's the creative juice that uh, makes us feel young and youthing instead of old and aging well <laughs> now you've made me cry <laughs> or i've made me cry or somebody's <laughs> made me cry um wow mm. i just that's amazing mm. That's a beautiful thing. Mm, I mean, that's yeah. just a beautiful thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff. And and my hand is over my heart now because that's where this communication comes from. It comes from the heart, and the heart has wisdom. The inner critic does not. Wow. <laughs> I um <clears throat> I just became a terrible show host because I got nothing. I'm just um I'm overwhelmed. I I I well, <laughs> you're, you're in a because you're terrible. You're a terrible host, and and my wise inner being says you're you're wonderful because you're authentic and oh. you're vulnerable, you, and you're real, and you're sharing with us what is so common yet so commonly unspoken and unshared. That's why you're a terrific host. Ah, well, thank you. Well, you're a terrific teacher, and um, it's not just the teaching. It's the the constant holding of the space. I've had a lot of people in various fields or pseudo-fields or whatever talk about holding space for different things, and I always thought, well, I don't even know what that means. But 
Yeah. I can say that about you. I can say that about you, that you hold space for breathing into something and really, you know, accepting another way of looking at something and, you know, that that it doesn't happen overnight and that, it's, you know, it does take time and right. it doesn't mean you're stupid and you can't get it and you're right. never going to be fluent. So all right. that, all that um, giving that you do about this is so beautiful and you're such a wonderful person. Thanks. There you have it. Thank you. Thank you, Deb. Thank you, Deb. And and I do look at it the same way as holding space and, and holding space in a, in a very conscious way uh, with compassion, uh, with with non-judgment. And, and to me, this is sacred space. And in this sacred space, it's where we grow and where we can transform. And it's the space that leads to that joy of grace and ease. That's very wonderful. And now yeah. I'm wondering if I should even ask you any more questions about the rules or if we should just leave it at grace and ease, and that could be the new rules. <laughs> this, I think this is a great place to stop for now um, before we journey on um, our, our, next, uh, our, our next podcast so um, it's just always a pleasure, Deb, uh, as reflected today in, in, our, in our journey together, our dance together, our sharing these lessons from the healing field with others. Well, thank you so much for holding space for me and for other people. And I just want to make sure that people know that um, they can get more, more, more at howardrichmondmd.com. On the show page that I put up, there is uh, a link to the book uh, page where you can actually get the book if you're inclined to get The Healing Field. It's wonderful. And learn more about Dr. Richmond's work at his website. And um, I feel blessed that you and I have the opportunity to share this way. And um, I will never, ever forget it. Thank you, Deb. I am grateful as well. Bye-bye now. Till next time. Bye-bye. See you soon. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.